welcome to every fan for himself. A very haunted episode. I'm Jaren Jolly. I'm, I'm Jason okay. McKinney. <laughs> Gosh, you guys really—it's haunted yeah. after Halloween. It is. Think it is technically so November first. Some is the of day you, after Halloween. Some of you may think that we didn't post this episode on Halloween or near Halloween <laughs> because we're lazy. It is so. It is not. It is the fault of someone in the room. I'm it not is, pointing no, no, no. I'm not it is because I'm not it's we we can milk this holiday in this season for as long as we can. True. And we want to. It's because we're lazy. Okay, mm-hmm. it's because we're lazy. Who? But who doesn't love good... Ho- it's, it's We're still in the spirit, in the season. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. What's... So I'm pretty defeated. What's scary... <laughs> like, Thanksgiving is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. What's scarier than being with all your relatives? What's scarier than colonizing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the... What's scarier than Manifest Destiny? <laughs> Salem Witch Trials Nothing. is actually pretty. Trail of Tears. That's yeah. pretty scary. Oh. <laughs> That's what I, I'm. It's like, scary. I'm like, yeah. Oh dear, you're. We right. make light of it, but it's very. Ter- yeah, they laugh or you cry, and you know we've done both. <laughs> history. <laughs> history was made to be just in general. By the way, I'm not saying about laughing and about the specific about. plight of Native Americans. <laughs> we were horrible to them, and they and they deserve some equity. Equity. So, well, if we had any kind of power, we'd do something about it. Hey, go online and look up, look up, uh, <laughs> look up Flint, Michigan, and how to get them, how to how to help. Hey, how to get them some water? Yeah, they need some good water. Absolutely, because yeah. it's poisonous. It's poisonous. This is a new podcast about the water situation in Flint, Michigan. Welcome to Every Flint for Himself. I'm Eli Webb. <laughs> I'm Bad Water. And. And I am uh, on. Oh, stop! 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 <laughs> I was gonna say I was a person from Flint. Okay, but I didn't... <laughs> what kind of? What, what I, kind I, of I, am a, I am a person from Flint. <laughs> you gotta okay. know, dude. Well, it started off. What? It, 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 it almost started to sound like like a, a kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah. It did. Oh well, I wasn't going to. <laughs> You know what? That, this is fun. <laughs> I'm not editing I'm that glad out. You didn't. I'm glad that wasn't what it was. Oh, okay. Oh, We worried for nothing, I guess. You did worry for nothing. Oh. Nothing scarier than I was just gonna, defending I was... an entire culture. <laughs> no, dude, I was just going to be your average Joe from Flint. Oh, man. You know, needing water. Woo. Yeah. So you guys started to make it weird. <laughs> How about we start with some, <laughs> some news and some updates? Uh, Eli. So... Daredevil season three came out. It did. It did. I'm already pretty far into it. Okay. I'm loving it. Okay. I'm also hating it. What? No, I'm not hating. <laughs> what? I am loving it, but I'm bothered. And you know what? Karen has bothered me through the whole series. I like Karen. I'm only honestly. I think I'm on like episode eight. No, maybe not that far. But wherever I am, I'm like just liking her this season. Hmm. It's taken some. I just don't like how she's like the stereotypical. Like go get him journalist, and there's nothing mm. to her 
and I feel like it's the exact same dynamic every single episode. Her boss is like, you can't do this. And then she's like, I'm gonna. So it's like her boss is like, okay. Lois Lane type every of episode. Amy Adams thing. Yeah. Annoying. Yeah, I get that. I kind of like her in the first. Uh, yeah, she's cool. And she she just she just got super tough and cool I in this it. episode. So I'm, I'm back on it, okay. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm rambling that. about it. Yeah. Wilson Fisk is amazing. Oh, this is his season, I hear. Yeah. So it sounds like. That's cool. I'm seeing some pictures and things also on the internet. Bullseyes in it. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing as well. I heard. That's what I'm very hearing. cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, let's see what else. Um, it looks like Henry Cavill is going to be Witcher in a Witcher movie. So, yep, they gave him white hair. Good, bad. <laughs> they no, gave him a long well, white hair. Of course, hair. they gave him white oh, hair. No. Look, Geralt. Look, here's your freaking what his name is. Jarrell. Jarrell. <laughs> talking to me. No, Geralt. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I don't know. He's t- he's too young for that he hair. He got white hair. We don't know. Hollywood can work some amazing man. What? Do you want older. them to do? If he, they didn't give him white hair, there'd be an uproar. I know, hire an older actor. He's not that old. Yeah, but in The Witcher, just, in, okay, in Witcher Three, he is much older. Look We're not putting at, Witcher Three in this movie. <clears throat> All right, Jason's googling something to prove me. I'm wrong. just, I'm just showing you freaking pictures of the guy of Jor-El. Let's see. Watcher, I, I literally typed at, in at home. If, if you want to be a part of this discussion. <sighs> Apparently, Google Geralt. Yeah, dude. With a G. You will never see a picture of this guy with anything I've, but I've seen white him. I've hair. I've seen him. I've seen him. Oh, like Steve Martin. Have you? <laughs> he got white hair Why early. Why did they have Steve play Witcher? <laughs> <laughs> the cheaper by the dozen sort of vibe. Yeah. I would also, um, last news. Apparently, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> you monster. I'm kidding. No, go ahead. You monster. <laughs> I, I almost stole one of he James. Did. <clears throat> I'm excited. Guillermo del Toro <laughs> is directing his first animated feature, and it's going to be a remake of Pinocchio on Netflix. Is that true? With the help of Patrick McHale, who created Over the Garden Wall. So... Over the Garden Wall is one of the best animated TV series ever. It's yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's priority. Yeah. Um, but it's that's really exciting because very exciting. Del Toro's, I mean, a master, and Pat McHale is in his own right a master. And apparently, like um, Del Toro was talking that um, Pinocchio has always been his fate, like one of his number one all time favorite. Stories and he said there's so much creepy undertones. Kind of weird, but yeah. Yeah, to it uh-huh. that like don't get explored. That there's a lot of dark kind of Yo, storytelling. The Disney one was pretty dark and creepy. Already. It was. It totally <laughs> yeah. was. So I think they're gonna play that up pretty big, which is exciting and yeah, that's cool. cool. That is gonna be. Fun. I like they're gonna make it in a certain way. Uh, the other news I have is that um, Super Smash Brothers has announced two more characters, and there's a total of 74 characters now, which just seems un... Sounds overwhelming. Sounds very overwhelming. Great, though. Uh, They announced Incineroar. He's the third evolution of the seventh-generation fire-type Pokemon that's a cat. Oh, yeah. What the... Weird. I don't know anything. Very weird. Like the wrestling one. Yeah. Like the luchador cat. He's kind of lucha. He is, dude. Like, he has special wrestling moves. I know he's a he's a wrestling guy for yeah. sure, but there are yeah. there are more WWE Pokemon, then I guess I guess yeah, uh, but and Ken from Street Fighter, which is kind of an obvious yeah one. It'd yeah. be really interesting to see if any of the the supposed leaks, uh, like how many 
consistencies there'll be. Because I never saw Incineroar on any of them. No. I did see Ken. And yeah. maybe that's just like a safe bet. You know, they're like, okay, we'll probably do this one, probably do this one. He, he's the Luigi to, you yeah. know, what I'm, what I'm is, What I'm hoping you? for is that the leak that I saw that had Banjo-Kazooie. Oh. That would be amazing so if you could be them. I also saw a leak. Well, I, and I say leak. We don't know if they're real. Jason and I looked Conjecture. at one like, that's probably not real. Yeah. But also I saw one with Paper Mario, and I've said it before you're, you're on this obsessed. podcast that I need he re- is, a Paper Mario. I got my wish. I just wanted Ridley, and we, I got Ridley. Yeah, you did. Always. Hmm. I got my wish with uh, Isabel, so. <laughs> <laughs> the creep. Really? <laughs> All the creeps on the internet with Isabel, man. Do you need Bowsette? Oh, gosh. Jay, what do you got? Um, Ewan McGregor um, was announced to be playing uh, the Black Mask, or Black Mask. He's that mob boss boy. He's going to be the bad boy. In the um, what are you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> bumbling through that. Gonna get that, uh, but the black, uh, black man. <laughs> Super fat eggs. Uh, there we go. That's where I thought we were going with this. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be the bad guy in Birds of Prey. Has he played a bad guy before, Ewan McGregor? Ewan. Because he's so likable. What's Christopher Robin? Is he? I mean, <laughs> he's a villain. Have you seen Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow's Emma? Yes. Because there's some points where he's not necessarily likable. Sure. <laughs> that. His hair isn't. Uh, Remember how long it is? Yeah. It doesn't look good. Looks bad. Uh, well. I love Emma. Yeah. Oh, I don't necessarily like Gwyneth Paltrow. No. <laughs> but I love Emma. She I love the story the of Emma. <laughs> uh, but that's exciting. Black like the Masterpiece Emma. Really yeah. good if you've seen that one. I think so. It's really I'm good. sure I have. It's newer. Okay. Well. 2010's newer. Yeah. 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 Really good. Hear that, Ma? <laughs> Hear that, Mom? What else, Jay? We got a couple of things, guys. Oh, boy. We got Ridley Scott's making a sequel to Gladiator. No one asked, but okay. <laughs> nah, it's been a couple of years. 18. Also, how do you do that? <laughs> What's a sequel? Yeah. They'll die. He lives. <laughs> it's just another ancient Rome thing. <laughs> Probably. Call it a sequel. Joaquin is in the ring now. Whoa. Kind of cool. Cool. I don't know. Anyway, um... What else do we got here, boys? We got um, our friends Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, it's being said that they're going to get their own like team-up TV show on the Disney streaming service Yeah, whenever that happens. Featuring so. the OG actors of... Uh, yep, from the movies. Same fellas. What's his name? Uh, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie and... Um, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian, Sebastian Stan. Stan. Thank you. So, yeah, those guys are going to be in it. Again, um, no one asked. But <laughs> no one asked for more streaming services. Yeah. Okay, we'll you know what? They're it. just milking our money for these streaming services. Yeah. I can't keep up, dude. I can't be paying, you know, $7 a month for, like, five different streaming services. I can't afford that. Yeah. I have an it okay job. Up. I don't have a great job. We do this podcast for free. If any, if you listeners would pay us, maybe I could afford this. Seriously. <laughs> Come on. KFC, throw us a bone. Literally. If we, a, a bone. If we had a stipend of Lit- <laughs> three Phillips a month, one for each. Yeah. Oh, That's we would great. talk about you so much Should we more. tag them in some of our posts? I really think we ought to. If they listened it's time. to it's time. a select three of our episodes, they'd hear about them. Yeah. Jason, you're a you're a, a social media <laughs> affiliate. I have eaten at KFC a lot lately. I'm yeah. gonna be honest with you guys. I know some people who advertise for KFC. Oh, 
Actually, <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm ready. What are we doing trying to advertise ourselves? Yeah. I should email him. Yeah. Be like, so. Greatness in the making, everyone. <laughs> Truly. This we'll is see. happening. Brace yourselves, KFC, <laughs> for the onslaught that is three lonely white guys. Harlan doesn't <laughs> know what's in them. <laughs> okay. Uh, is that uh, a J? You got it. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. That's Better it. be. Wow. Guys, yeah. today, <laughs> episode... 37. 30-something. 30 30-something. Uh, I think it's the 7. We've been doing this for a while. You know, if we got the, the number wrong, it's whatever. <laughs> it's not like people are listening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, it's whatever. Here's the thing. This episode's going to be a little bit different. Right now, I usually read a fanfic. But what I want you to do... Read your own fanfic for jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Why do we have to do it all the time? Pull your own freaking weight. <laughs> Make your own podcast. <laughs> What I want you guys to do is uh, <laughs> shut this off, <laughs> go buy a mic, <laughs> send me a podcast, beg for my likes and reviews, <laughs> see how it feels. <clears throat> but given the nature of today's spooky episode, I want everyone to get in a mood. <laughs> I don't know, if, you lis- if you're listening to this at work, I want you to just... Just go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Sit on the Turn toilet. off the lights in the bathroom alone. <laughs> I want you to just... Or just sit on the toilet long enough for the automatic light to turn off. Or sit there long enough for your legs. Has that ever happened to you guys? Yes. It you're, happened. On, you're at work on the yeah. toilet and the lights turn oh, off because you've been on the stall too long. More, more you're f- numb, your legs get numb. And you just, my legs never get numb. On my legs get numb. Oh, my legs get numb. 30 minutes on the toilet. You, I think y'all sit weird. All right. No, I sit long. Point is, I got, I got we, want you guys, we want you guys to be in a bad place. Oh, my uh, God. We want you to walk into your boss's office. <laughs> Don't say a word. Lock yourself in there. Just stare at that person. Is he in there? He or she? Yeah, just uh, stare yeah. at him. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Stare wow. at him. Just look. Stare Don't say. Him. They're going to be like, Jason, what are you doing in my office? Don't say a word. In Jason's case, he works at a, like. Health clinic. Ca- yeah, health clinic. <laughs> walk into a patient's room. They'll be nude. You sit there, say nothing. Yeah. And just. Plugged in, put on your headphones. Still don't know what the podcast is about. Today's episode <laughs> is brought to you by. $5 Phillips. What are you? Oh, I was. What? I'm leading to We're it. We're reading uh, scary stories today, guys. everybody, and we want you to be uh, enjoying we want, this. We I want you know. to be in the mood. We want you to get spooked and get ready to get spooked, okay? Yeah. So, whatever you're doing, allow yourself to uh, think some dark thoughts. Oh, I don't like that. How, how are they supposed to get spooked? Okay, get dark and get scared. And maybe my voice is helping. <laughs> 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 oh, we've each handpicked three uh, stories. Some of them are true. Some of them probably not. <laughs> Most of them probably, <laughs> probably not. not. <laughs> but these are legitimately scary. These aren't. I don't. Mine is. Mine aren't funny. I don't know if you guys. No, are I didn't. I didn't choose funny, funny. ones. Maybe Eli is <laughs> gonna <laughs> pepper. Just it was reading rumored. three scripts from Treehouse of Horror, <laughs> The Simpsons episodes, <laughs> which are very funny. How me? <laughs> I would like to begin. Oh, we're gonna go in a sort of counterclockwise circle here, and I'd like to start with Jason. All right. All right, everybody. Save your best one for last. Okay? Okay, let's do it. All right, save my best everyone, get in your mood. I'll get in the mood. Let's just get silent and just let the tension build. I'm going to start off with a good one. Whether my ending one is <laughs> the best, I don't know. This one's good, though. Anyway, this one I got from a website uh, called thethoughtcatalog.com. So thank you for compiling this and 
bringing me this. It, it's called, I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. Oh, I saw <gasps> this one. My parents constantly try to explain to me how sick he is. That I'm lucky to have a brain where all the chemicals flow properly to their destinations like undammed rivers. When I complain about how bored I am without a little brother to play with, they try to make me feel bad by pointing out that his boredom is probably far worse than mine, considering his confines of a dark room in an institution. I always have to beg for them to give him one last chance. Of course, they did it first. Charlie has been back home several times, each shorter than a shorter duration than the last. Every time without fail, it all starts again. The neighborhood cats with gouged out eyes start showing up in his toy chest. My dad's razors found dropped by the baby's side at the park across the street. Mom's vitamins replaced by bits of dishwasher tablets. My parents are um, hesitant now using the words last chances. They say his disorder makes him charming, makes it easy for him to fake normalcy. Which is normalcy a word, by the way? Okay, just making sure. Just throwing... Okay. Anyway, um, and to trick the doctors who care for him into thinking he's ready for rehabilitation, that I will just have to put up with my boredom if it means staying safe from him. I hate it when Charlie has to go away. It makes me have to pretend to be good until he's back. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. What's this? Is this like what a... Is that I don't know. I, I made that up. I don't know. It was kind of like that. the ending of the, the story, you know. Oh. John Philip Sousa. I said... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Joseph, maybe, Joseph. Is that what we're no, doing? With the way you're singing, it kind of sounded like Law and Order. Bum, 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 bum. All right, Jeremy. That was got. good, man. That Thank was, you. That was spooky. That was kind of spooky. I dig it. I, I saw that one, and I scrolled past, but oh, yeah. I'm glad I did. Cause you messed <laughs> up, dog. That would have been fun if we all three had it. Yep. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this story comes from actually a recommendation from my wife. My wife loves scary stories. And she's actually hosted, like, scary story nights where we get all the friends together and um, each kind of bring you the stuff that's happened to you or stuff you've heard. Uh, but one that she always loves to do, to tell or talk about or recommend is um, there are search and rescue stories on Reddit um, told by just these search and rescue officers or whatever um, and the experiences that they have finding these bodies and finding these individuals that are deeply disturbed or have been lost for a certain amount of time. And there's a lot of really creepy ones. Um, but according to the, the original poster on Reddit, this one is, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> according to him, this one of the scariest ones that ever happened to him. It's short. And it's in, obviously, just from his point of view. Um, let's see. Okay. <coughs> One of the scariest things I've ever had happen to me involved the search for a young woman who'd gotten separated from her hiking group. We were out until late at night because the dogs had picked up her scent. When we found her, she was curled up under a large rotted log. She was missing her shoes unpacked and she was clearly in shock. She didn't have any injuries and we were able to get her to walk with us back to base ops. Along the way, she kept looking back behind us and asking, why that big man with black eyes was following us. We couldn't see anyone, so we just wrote it off as some weird symptom of shock. But the closer we got to base, the more agitated this woman got. She kept asking me to tell him to stop making faces at her. At one point, she stopped and turned around and started yelling into the forest, saying that she wanted him to leave her alone. She wasn't going to go with him, she said, 
and she wouldn't give us to him. We finally got her to keep moving, but we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us. It was almost like coughing, but more rhythmic and deeper. It was almost insect-like. I don't really know how else to describe it. When we were within sight of base ops, the woman turns to me, and her eyes are about as wide as I can imagine a human could open them. She touches my shoulder and says, he says to tell you to speed up. He doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck. I have a very small scar on the base of my neck, but it's mostly hidden up by my collar. I have no idea how this woman saw it. Right after she says, she says it, I hear the weird coughing right in my ear, and I ju just about jumped out of my skin. I hustled her to ops, trying not to show how freaked out I was, but I have to say, I was really happy when we left the area that night. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's spooky. Sounds very believable. That's the thing, is, as I was reading these, a lot of them were like, eh, this is like too yeah. cinematic or too like fabricated, but that one creeped me out because I'm like, that's very believable, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah, mm. it's freaky. And but that it, comes from? Search and Rescue. Search and Rescue. If you ever get bored and want to read just like quick little one paragraph kind of sound bites from the Search and Rescue, he's got a ton and they're all really good. He either heard them from friends or they happened to him, but it's just a kind of a mixture of all these stories that he's gathered and they're really good because out in the deep of forest, no one can hear you. Somebody can probably hear you. Someone can hear you. Somebody can probably hear you. Don't get lost. In space, however, <gasps> nobody's going to hear you. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Eli, you he found something to... <laughs> His eyes just got as wide as those women. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go next then. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no I got it. I got, got it. He's got it. Okay, okay. I'm just going <laughs> to read a law and order episode. Trans. All right. Script. This one is called The Brave Ones. Oh. The Brave Ones. Here they come again, The Brave Ones. Another Halloween night and the kids are back, here to prove their fearlessness. The old house's floorboards creak beneath their sneakers. Only half an hour till midnight, so I have to work fast. I start with their flashlight, blowing lightly against it so it flickers. But this inspires little more than a nervous giggle. Fifteen minutes until midnight. Time to take things up a notch. I hover up to the ceiling and will my body into flesh. My every nerve is on fire, but they've given me no choice. I force drops of blood to trickle out my nose, but the boys below don't notice. I knock against the ceiling, but they won't even look up. I thought this place was supposed to be haunted, says the leader. What a joke. Five minutes until midnight. I'm running out of time. With the last of my strength, I scream, so loud that they finally turn up to look at me. I like to think I put on a good show. I sway on an invisible noose, and the blood flows freely from my nostrils now. A couple of drops hit a skinny one with a crew cut. The boys scream and run into the night, just in time. Below me, I hear the thing turn, its disappointment palpable. For now it sleeps, but one day I will fail. The boys will be too brave, and I won't scare them out in time. One day they will wake it. What? Is, what? It, <laughs> is it a ghost? It's Wait, a ghost, but so it's, it's a, a protective ghost. It's a ghost scaring kids out of being eaten by a beast under the floorboards? That's what I gathered. <laughs> I had to find this one quick. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Be a ghost. With, yeah. Within your time frame, I'm, I'm proud of what you... Thanks. Yeah, it was quick. It's kind of a... It's a cool concept. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to think. Yeah. yeah. There's some ghosts out there who are good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a true story. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Interesting. That is a good story. Yeah, that's all right. Wow. Jeez. All right. Um, and just you know what? Just get into it. Slow it down. Totally. This one, this one's good, <laughs> Feel guys. It out. This one is was found on Reddit. It's called "Into the Dark" um, by I think Catholic it, school. <laughs> it's vicious. <laughs> it's Roman rule. Uh, this is written by Death Cab for Cutie. The name of the writer, redditor, <laughs> I think I think is uh, no thank you. What? <laughs> Wait, it's it's called no thank you not now. Okay, I think okay. is the name. Um, not positive. Pretty sure that's it, though. This is a short story by Ben Shapiro. Um, <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> okay. A single piece of asphalt wet spins briefly underneath the car bef- before it's forever gone. Lost somewhere back in the inky darkness behind the dim red glow of the brake lights. It's cold out with a heavy curtain of rain. And as the solitary soul in the vehicle... You have little in the way of keeping your mind from going numb behind the wheel. The radio plays nothing but static. Your only companions are an empty empty, uh, coffee mug gently vibrating on the floor in front of the passenger seat beside you. And the empty mug's evil encore, encroaching exhaustion. I read that weird. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Anyway, (laughs) the landscape is dark, bleak, and gray. And though you have been drinking for hours... You no longer seem to have any idea where it is you're going. You just keep your eyes on the horizon. And as you round the bend in the road, your stomach feels strangely sick for a second before your headlights focus your attention completely on a lone figure standing before you. A second later, it's gone, thrown violently to the ground by the force of your impact. Your car, as if if all by itself, stops, and you find yourself getting out and running back. Though you're certain that the victim could not have survived. Standing over him, you confirm your suspicions and then stop, unsure of what to do. The darkness soaks in and it conspires against you. You grab his feet. Pulling him off the road, you scrape through some bushes and step into a clearing. On all sides, you are suddenly surrounded by bodies. More than you can see. Bodies stacked upon bodies. More than you can count. Horrified, you stumble backwards through the bush, clawing your way back onto the road, into your car, something that is safe and sane. You search for some way out of this nightmare for salvation, and you find it, the road. And with it, two golden angels bearing straight down on you, a pair of headlights round the bend. Oh. Nice. Weird. Yeah, dude. Homeboy got uh, hit from the... Got hit by a car. Yeah, looks like so it. That's how that ended right there. Homie got hit. Okay, dang homie. Okay. It, was, it was like, uh, you know, the imagery was very. It's a nonstop, homie. You hit a you hit a guy. You, you know, take your time to put it away, and then you get hit, and then that person does the same thing, and he keeps going. That's how you get the piles of bodies. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't figure that out by yourself. <laughs> Karen, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. That's cool. It's kind of like it reminded me of the type of thing that, um, what's his name, Edgar Allan Poe. It's kind of poetic. The way poetic. It you know, it has like a, <laughs> woo, it's like a never-ending nice. circle. <clears throat> this is from Reddit, posted by Higgs Thunder. T- 
title is, I'm a 911 operator, and I just had the most terrifying call. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, hi. Um, this is going to sound kind of strange, but there's a man stumbling around in circles in my front yard. Could you repeat that, sir? He looks sick or lost or drunk or something. I just woke up to get a glass of water and heard snow crunching around underneath my front window, so I peeked out. I'm looking at him now. He's about 10 yards away from my window, but something's not right. What is your address, sir? 1617 Quarry Lane in Pinella Pass. I'm going to send a squad car your way, but that's quite a ways out. Are you alone in your house, sir? Yes, I'm alone. Can you confirm that all of your doors and windows are locked? Stay on the phone with me. I know that my front is definitely locked, but I'll go check my back door again real quick. I appreciate your help, by the way. I know this is kind of strange, but I really hope that... Sir, are you still there? He's... he's still in the yard. But he's... what? He's upside down. Sir, stay on with me. What is happening? He's staring at me. But he's... he's standing on his hands now. He's perfectly still. Staring straight at me. He's doing a handstand and he's smiling at me and not moving. He's, he's doing a handstand, sir? I, I don't know how he... Yeah, he's facing me, standing on his hands, and he's got this huge smile. And he's perfectly still. What the... Please get someone out here now. Sir, I need you to remain calm. I've put out the call, and an officer is on his way. His teeth are so huge. What the heck? Please help me. Sir, I want you to try and keep an eye on him, but make sure your back door is locked again. We need to make sure all possible access points are secured. Can you talk me through and confirm that your back door is locked? Okay, I I'm walking backwards. I'm walking backwards now, and I'm keeping him inside. My hand is on the back door knob. Now it's locked. I need to check the deadbolt, so I'm going to take my eyes off of him for a split second. All right, sir. Help is on the way. Just stay on the phone with me. Everything's going to be all right. Sir, sir, are you still there? He's his face. It's up against the glass. Sir, I need you to speak up. What is happening? I looked away for a split second, and now his face is pressed up against my front window. His teeth are huge, and he's still smiling. There's no color in his eyes. Please help me. Why won't it just move? Sir, I need you to go to the nearest room and lock yourself inside of it. Do you have a basement or a bedroom that you can lock yourself in? He won't stop staring. I think he's going to hurt me. Sir, I need you to listen to me. Lock yourself somewhere safe till the officer arrives at your house. Can you hear me? I... Yes. Yes. I'm going to lock myself in my room. And you're positive that you're alone in your house, correct? Yes. I'm alone in the house. Wait a moment. He's moving. He's shaking his head. He's telling me no. He can hear us. He's telling me I'm not alone. Sir? Sir, are you still there? I heard a loud noise. Is everything all right? Sir? Oh, yeah. So what was he? I think that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. It was intense. Yeah. Was I, I thought my voice acting was pretty good, I guess. Jaren's voice acting is pretty good. Jaren... Uh, Let's just have a round of applause for me. Jaren's a character actor, <laughs> that's for sure. I am a method actor. He's a character. He's a character, that one. And he acts up. Uh, no, that was fun, though. That was good. I like that little that little twinge at the end. You're not alone. That's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Eli, what you got for us? Eli, what you got for Round us? Round two, buddy. Round two, buddy. <laughs> 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 
Guys, we really got to get this show on the road. We're going. We're great. <laughs> yeah? Eli's up. Please. Kay. So. <clears throat> True. Nervous. Very, very dreadfully nervous. I had been and am. But why would you say that I'm mad? The disease had sharpened my senses. Not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken and observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say how, the idea, how first the idea entered my brain, but once conceived, it haunted me day and night. Object there was none. Passion there was none. I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. For his gold I had no desire. I think it was his eye. Yes, it was this. He had the eye of a vulture, a pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. And so, by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man, and thus rid myself of the eye forever. Now this is the point. You fancy me mad. Madmen know nothing, but you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I proceeded, with what caution, with what foresight, with what dissimulation I went to work. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. And every night, about midnight, I turned the latch of his door and opened it oh so gently. And then, when I had made an opening sufficient for my head, I put in a dark lantern, all closed, closed so that no light shone out, and then I thrust in my head. Oh, you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head within the opening so far that I could see him as he lay upon his bed. Ha! <laughs> would a madman been so wise as this? And then, when my whole head was within the opening so far that I could see him as he lay up... Oh, I just repeated a line. And then, when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously. Oh, so cautiously. Cautiously, for the hinges creaked. I undid it just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye. And this I did for seven long nights. Every night, just at midnight. But I found the eye was always closed. And so it was impossible to do the work, for it was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning when the day broke, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke courageously to him, calling him by name in a hearty tone and inquiring how he passed the night. So you see, he would have been a very profound old man indeed to suspect that every night, just at twelve, I looked in upon him while he slept. Upon the eighth night, I was more than casually, more than usually cautious in opening the door. A watch's minute hand moves more quickly than did mine. Never before that night had I felt the extent of my own powers, of my sagacity. I could scarcely contain my feelings of triumph, to think that there I was, opening the door little by little, and he not even to dream of my secret deeds or thoughts. I fairly chuckled at the idea, and perhaps he heard me, for he moved on the bed suddenly, as if startled. Now you may think that I drew back, but no, his room was as black as pitch in the thick darkness, for the shutters were closed fastened through fear of robbers. And so I knew that he could not see the opening of the door, and I kept pushing it on steadily, steadily. I had my head in. I was about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped upon the tin fascinating, Fastening, and the old man sprang up in his bed, crying out, Who's there? I kept quite still and said nothing. For a whole hour I did not move a muscle, and in the meantime, I did not hear him lie down. He was still sitting up in the bed, listening, just as I have done, night after night, hearkening to the death watches in the wall. Presently I heard a slight groan, and I knew it was for the groan of mortal terror. It was not a groan of pain or grief. Oh no, it was the low, stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe. I knew the sound well. Many a night, just at midnight, when all the world slept, it has welled up from my own bosom, deepening with its dreadful echo the terrors that distracted me. I say I knew it well. I knew what the old man felt and pitied him, although I chuckled at heart. I knew he had been lying awake ever since the first slight noise when he had turned in the bed. 
His fears had been grow ever since growing upon him. He had been trying to fancy them causeless, but could not. He had been saying to himself, it was nothing but the wind in the chimney, it is only a mouse crossing the floor, or it is merely a cricket which has made a single chirp. Yes, he has been trying to comfort himself with those suppositions, but he had found all in vain. All in vain because death, in approaching him, had stalked with his black shadow before him and enveloped the victim. And it was the mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel, although he never saw nor heard, to feel the presence of my head within the room. When I had waited a long time, very patiently, without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, very, very little crevice in the lantern. So I opened it, and you cannot imagine how stealthily, stealthily, until, at length, a simple dim ray, like the thread of a spider, shot out from the crevice and fell upon the vulture eye. It was open, wide, wide open, and I grew furious as I gazed upon it. I saw it with perfect distinctness, all a dull blue with a hideous veil over it that chilled my very marrow in my bones. But I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person, for I directed the ray as if by instinct, precisely upon the damned spot. And I have not told you what you mistake for this madness, but is but over acuteness of the sense. Now I say, there came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that sound well too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. It increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier to into courage. But even yet I refrained and kept still. I scarcely breathed. I held the lantern motionless. I tried how steadily I could maintain the ray upon the eye. Meantime, the hellish tattoo of the heart increased. It grew quicker and quicker and louder and louder every instant. The old man's terror must have been extreme. It grew louder, I say louder, every moment. Do you mark me well? I have told you that I am, so, that I am nervous, so I am. And now, at the dead hour of the night, amid the dreadful silence of that old house, so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror. Yet for some minutes longer I refrained and stood still, but the beating grew louder. Louder, I thought the heart must burst, and now a new anxiety seized me. The sound would be heard by a neighbor. The old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, I threw open the lantern and leaped into the room. He shrieked once, once only. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. Then, I smiled gaily, to find the deed so far done. But for many minutes, the heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not vex me. It would not be heard through the wall. At length, it ceased. The old man was dead. I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yes, he was stone, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there. Many minutes. There was no pulsation. He was stone dead. His eye would trouble me no more. If you still think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. The night waned and I worked hastily but in silence. First of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and the arms and the legs. I then took up three planks from the flooring of the chamber and deposited all in between the scantlings. I then replaced the board so cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. There was nothing to wash out, no stain of any kind, no blood spot whatever. I had been too wary for that. A tub had caught all. Ha-ha. When I made an end of these labors, it was four o'clock, still dark as midnight. As the bell sounded the hour, there came a knocking at the street door. I went down to it with a light heart. For what now? What had I now to fear? There entered three men who introduced themselves with perfect suavity as officers of the police. A shriek had been heard by a neighbor during the night. Suspicion of foul play had been aroused. Information had been lodged at the police office, and they, the officers, had been deputed to search the premises. I smiled, for what had I to fear? I bade the gentleman welcome. The shriek, I said, was my own in a dream. The old man, I mentioned, was absent in his country. I took visitors all over the house. I bade them search, search well. I led them, at length, to his chamber. I showed them his treasures, secure, undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I brought chairs into the room and desired them here for the rest from their fatigues, to rest from their fatigues, while I myself 
in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. The officers were satisfied. My manner had convinced them. I was singularly at ease. They sat, and while I answered cheerily, they chatted of familiar things. But ere long, I felt myself getting pale and wished them gone. My head ached, and I fancied a ringing in my ears. But still they sat and still chatted. The ringing became more distinct. It continued and became more distinct. I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling, but it continued and gained definiteness until, at length, I found that the noise was not within my ears. No doubt I now grew very pale, but I talked more fluently and with a heightened voice. Yet the sound increased, and what could I do? It was a low, dull, quick sound, much to the sound, much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I gasped for breath, and yet the officers heard it not. I talked more quickly, more vehemently, but the noise steadily increased. I arose and ar argued about trifles, in a high key and with violent gesticulations, but the noise steadily increased. Why would they not be gone? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, as if excited to fury by the observations of the men, but the noise steadily increased. What could I do? I foamed, I raved, I swore. I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting and grated it upon the boards, but the noise arose over all and continually increased. It grew louder, 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 and still the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they heard not? Almighty God, no, no, they heard, they suspected, they knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. This I thought and this I think. But anything was better than this agony. Anything was more tolerable than this derision. I could bear those hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt that I must scream or die. And now, again, hark, louder, 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 louder. Villains, I shrieked, dissemble no more, I admit the deed. Tear up the planks, here, here. It is the beating of his hideous heart. Edgar. Telltale heart. Yeah. Edgar. <clears throat> Good one. Feed that was feeding. Fitting. Longer yeah. than I thought. Sorry, I tried That's to read right. quickly. I, 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 thought it fam I thought it was familiar. I thought it familiar. I thought it was familiar. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard the vulture eye. I thought it. <laughs> so it's good. good that I only did two because that was longer than I yeah. expected. That was great. That's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. It is a classic. It begged telling. It yes, begged. It, it needed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason. So thank you for telling the tale of the heart. Tale, tale, heart. <laughs> Thank you for telling the tale of the tale, tale, heart. Nice. All right, everybody. I'm going to wrap it up with uh, mine. Well, wrap up my uh, story. <laughs> so the, uh, we're my ending story. We're technically <laughs> finishing with, uh, uh, with Jaren. But this one's a fun one. I like this one. It's called Timekeeper, and it's written by Gridster2. What if Jason was like, this one, uh, not fun. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I have to read it. I'm, I'm contractually obligated. You, yeah. Because we all signed a contract here before we start making this podcast. Timekeepers. Timekeeper. All right, everybody. Timekeeper. Let's go. He had been given the watch on his 10th birthday. It was an ordinary gray plastic wristwatch in every respect, except for the fact that it was counting down. This is all the time you have left in the world, son. Use it wisely. And indeed he did. As the watch ticked away, the boy, now a man lived life to his fullest. He climbed mountains, swam oceans. He talked and laughed and lived and loved. He went skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing. He went 2.7 seconds on a full name blue inch. This is really <laughs> it? No, no. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> just, that little sentence just like reminded me of that song. He loved anyway, deeper. Spoke sweeter. Um, <laughs> no, but he like, he actually did those things. He talked and <laughs> laughed and lived and loved. Yeah. The man was never afraid, for he knew exactly how much time he had left. Eventually, the watch began its final countdown. The old man stood looking over everything he had done, everything he had built. Five, 
He shook hands with his old biz business partner, the man who had long been his friend and confident. Four, his dog came and licked his hand, earning a pat on his head for his companionship. Three, he hugged his son, knowing that he had been a good father. Two, he kissed his wife on the forehead one last time. One, the old man smiled and closed his eyes. Nothing. Nothing happened. The watch beeped once and turned off. The man stood standing there, very much alive. You would think that in that moment, he would have been overjoyed. Instead, for the first time in his life, the man was scared. Ooh, wow. Mm. Interesting, that's cool. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. So in the moment that he that didn't know when he was going to die, that's when the fear came in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Only then. Because he, he was able to plan for everything. He knew when it was going to happen. Mm, that's good. <clears throat> All right, guys. I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> Not <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Actually, I found a third, so we can all wrap it up. I'm oh, my gosh. <laughs> monster. Um, this is pretty... Pretty harrowing. Well, I'll leave that up to you. This is uh, called Autopilot. Have you ever forgotten your phone? When did you realize you'd forgotten it? I'm guessing you didn't smack your forehead and exclaim, dang, apropos of nothing. The realization probably didn't dawn on you spontaneously. More likely, you reached for your phone, pawing open your pocket or handbag, and you were momentarily confused by it not being there. Then you did a mental restep of the morning's events. In my case, my phone's alarm awoke me up as normal, but I realized the battery was lower than I expected. It was a new phone, and it had this annoying habit of leaving applications running that drained the battery overnight. So I put it on to charge while I showered instead. Uh, I, while I showered instead of into my bag like normal. It was a momentary slip from the routine, but that was all it took. Once in the shower, my brain got back into the routine it follows every morning, and that was that. Forgotten. That wasn't just me being clumsy, as I later researched. This is a recognized brain function. Your brain doesn't just work on one level, it works on many. Like when you're walking somewhere, you think about your destination and avoiding hazards, but you don't need to think about keeping your legs moving properly. If you did, the entire world would turn into one massive, hilarious, quap cosplay. Anyone remember quap? No. The way you're the track runner and you Oh, like that, just yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't thinking about regulating my breathing. I was thinking whether I should grab a coffee on the drive to work. I did. I was thinking about moving my breakfast through my intestines. Or, sorry, I wasn't thinking about oh. moving my breakfast <laughs> through my intestines. I was wondering whether I'd finish on time to pick up my daughter Emily from nursery after work or get stuck in, get stuck with another late fee. This is the thing. There's a level of your brain that just deals with routine so that the rest of the brain can think about other things. Think about it. Think about your last commute. What do you actually remember? Little, if anything, probably. Most common journeys blur into one, and recalling any one in particular is scientifically proven to be difficult. <clears throat> do something often enough and it becomes routine. Keep doing it and it stops being processed by the thinking bit of the brain and gets regulated to the part of the brain dedicated to dealing with routine. Most people call it autopilot, but there's danger there. If you have a break in your routine, your ability to remember and account for the break is only as good as your ability to stop your brain going into routine mode. 
My ability to remember my phone being on the counter is only as reliable as my ability to stop my brain entering morning routine mode, which would dictate that my phone is actually in my bag. But it didn't stop my brain entering routine mode. I got in the shower as normal, routine started, exception forgotten. Forgotten. <laughs> Autopilot engaged. My brain was back in the routine. I showered, I shaved, the radio forecast, amazing weather. I gave Emily breakfast and loaded her in the car. She was so adorable that morning. She complained about the bad sun in the morning blinding her, saying it stopped her having a little sleep on the way to nursery, and left. But that, but that was the routine. It didn't matter that my phone was on the counter charging silently. My brain was in the routine, and in the routine, my phone was in my bag. This is why I forgot my phone. Not clumsiness, not negligence, nothing more than my brain encountering routine mode. Autopilot engaged. I left for work. It's a swelteringly hot day already. The bad sun had been burning since my traitorously absent phone woke me. The steering wheel was burning hot to the touch when I sat down. I think I heard Emily shift over behind my driver's seat to get out of the glare, but I got to work. Submitted the report, attended the morning meeting. It's not until I took a quick coffee break and reached for my phone that the illusion shattered. I did a mental restep. I remembered the bat dying battery. I remembered putting it on to charge. I remember leaving it there. My phone was on the counter. Autopilot disengaged. Again, there lies the danger. Until you have that moment, that moment you reach for your phone and shatter the illusion that part of the brain is still in routine mode. According to my brain, according to the routine, my phone was in my bag. Why would I think to question it? Why would I check? Why would I suddenly remember out of nowhere that my phone was on the counter? My brain was, my brain was wired that day. The day continued to bake on. The morning haze gave way to the relentless fever heat of the afternoon, tarmac bubble. The direct beams of heat threatened to crack the pavement. People swapped coffees for iced smoothies, jackets, discarded sleeves rolled up. But as ever, the furnace of the day gave way to the cooler evening. Another day, another dollar. Still cursing myself for forgetting my phone, I drove home. The day's heat had baked inside the car, releasing a horrible smell from somewhere. When I arrived on the driveway, the stones crunching comfortingly under my tires, my wife greeted me at the door. Where's Emily? Shoot. As if the phone wasn't bad enough, after everything, I left Emily at the nursery after all. I immediately sped back to the nursery. I got to the door and started practicing my excuses, wondering vainly if I could churn my way out of a late fee. A soft piece of paper stuck to the door. Due to vandalism overnight, please use side door. Today only. Overnight? What? The door was fine this morning. I froze. My knees shook. Vandals, a change in the routine, my phone was on the counter. I hadn't been here this morning, my phone was on the counter. I'd driven past it when I was drinking my coffee. I had not dropped off Emily, my phone was on the counter. She moved her seat. I hadn't seen her in the mirror. My phone was on the counter. She'd fallen asleep out of the bad sun. She didn't speak when I drove past her nursery. My phone was on the counter. She changed the routine. My phone was on the counter. She changed the routine and I'd forgotten to drop her off. My phone was on the counter. Nine hours, that car, the baking sun, no air, no water, no power, no help, the heat, a steering wheel hot to the touch, that smell. I walked to the car door, numb, shock. I opened the door. My phone was on the counter and my daughter was in the car. Autopilot disengaged. Ooh. Yeah, sad. Very sad. <laughs> and very creepy. <laughs> very, very spooky. Spooky. That is spooky, Jason. I'm going to be Nick Nolte for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> um, <Stop. laughs> it's scary, isn't it? Guys, thank you for listening to this spooky episode. We hope you got a little spooked. Hope you Mostly uh, by Eli's just ill prepared 
manner, but mostly from the stories. Hope you got spooked, that, you know, like in this Thanksgiving season that it now is. <laughs> we hope that was a good Thanksgiving. Hope we sustained the scary month you've had. <laughs> hope you forget about all the other tragedies in the world and just remember these fake ones. That's true. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of unrelated, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, well, no, it's pretty, it's kind of related. I mean. No, but it's unrelated, Jason. I don't know. I don't know. Is it unre... Is it un... I don't know, Jer. Is it un... Is it un... I don't know. Is it un... Is it unrelated? Unrelated. It's not. Is it All right, guys. Here's the situation. All right? Yeah. Yeah. You... Yeah. Jerry has to think of it really No, I actually do have one. Okay. What? Okay. Now, listen as I tell listen you as I the thing I have. <laughs> this person has to cook you a full meal. Yes. With no recipe. Okay. Okay. All seven courses. Seven? Five. Are you making this up? No. <laughs> I don't know how many courses there are. This individual has to make you a full meal. Okay. And it's got a no recipe. They're just off the cuff. Okay. Yeah. Who's it going to be? Either. Oh, we're in. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, come on. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. Do, guys? That's not really how. Uh, 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 the, the freaking Undertaker. Nice. From WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Or. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of something scary, like Undertaker kind of. Okay, okay. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see. I have to talk through it so I don't think of someone who might actually be a good cook. Here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, the Pokemon Gengar. The Undertaker. One's a human being. One's a. Pokemon are so smart though. The Undertaker 100% Gengar. knows how to cook barbecue. Yeah. 100%. You think Gengar can't? You do think he could just intuit a meal? I think Gengar. I don't think he has to worry yeah. about cooking. He Gengar totally doesn't does. have the wherewithal to put together a multiple course meal. Of course he does. You no, mean to look does. me in the eyes and say the Undertaker doesn't have barbecues at his house? He doesn't you invite his buddies over does. for I'm the 4th of July? I'm saying a full, like, the five-course meal, let's don't say. Don't justify your bad I don't know <laughs> if the Undertaker could intuit that. Like, and I think, think Gengar, Gengar could. could. You, don't, you don't think he could slap some meat on the table, pile-drive that bad boy till it's tender. <laughs> okay, that's one course. <laughs> He's not going to pile-drive the could, salad. You don't think he could get some potatoes in there, pile-drive those <laughs> potatoes until they're mad. Every <laughs> course has to be pile-drive. Only foods that can be pile-drive. I just, I just know that Gengar is pretty intelligent. If you guys remember that episode with Sabrina, like... The witch? Sabrina. Oh, the Pokemon episode. Mm. Forget it. Undertaker. I had to. I had to do it quickly. I yeah. wasn't expecting to be. Su- I was surprised like that. His was good though. Okay. Whatever. We know it's the Undertaker. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on the medias of social. Jason is our guy. Just use it. He'll. I'll, I'll post something. I promise. He'll. Uh, he'll get in touch with you. Okay. Yeah. Email us at everyfanforhimself@gmail.com. You got to review us. We need it. I, yeah. I like it. Oh, wow. I love you guys. Stay spooky. But the darkness cannot win. I'm Jason. What? Can't win? Yeah, the darkness cannot win. Well, of course. It's trying to kill I know it's swirling, but you're trying to fight it back. Not strong this time. Not with the light of our Lord and Savior on our side. (laughs) Do not fight it back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jaren Jolly. I'm Eli Webb. And I'm Jason Kenny.